Hello and welcome to episode 105 of The Brand Lounge, the place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant, and I show service-based businesses how to define and grow their business through their brand. And today I am joined by Envis Maloney, sales trainer at her business, Sales Training with Envis. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. And today, listeners, Envis and I are going to be talking about the dangers of discounting. And it may seem that discounts and lowering our prices to secure a sale are a great thing to do. But something that I know I've learned along my business journey is that there is more of an impact to discounting on both our businesses, our reputation and our mindset. So I'm going to caveat this episode by saying that you as a business owner will know what's best for your business and your own thoughts and mindset when it comes around money and pricing. But hopefully today we can share the conversation on another point of view that you may not have considered, something you you may not have known was possible or an option or known how to approach discounting before because it can be sometimes an external pressure rather than an internal one. So Envis, with all of that being said, I really like taking these episodes back to basics so that everyone who's listening at any stage is on the same page. So could you just talk a little bit in your words about what we mean when we're talking about discounting in a small business context? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that You know, as small business owners, we often get to choose our price point and it is a huge source of um, angst and worry and confusion for small business owners as they are putting together their pricing and packages. So there's a temptation, there's often a temptation to undervalue our services. So I'm going to speak more generally about service-based businesses. Product-based businesses are slightly easier to price. Um, But from a a service-based product, you know, we decide what the value is and our clients, our prospective clients will validate that when they choose to buy from us. And when we try and sell, and I think we... There's a temptation to to put a discount on it for to to try and speed up the buying journey or the decision from our prospective clients, and I think ultimately that is why people use it in order to yeah to hurry people along and to put an urgency on on the purchase where they might not otherwise have the momentum behind it to to prompt that that quick purchase but discounting can come in different forms and at different times and as you said you strategically and with consideration it can be an incredibly powerful thing for your business used without intention and sort of without consideration equally you know it can do have some inadvertent effects let's say yeah and let's talk about some of those um inadvertent effects is a wonderful way of putting it because I feel like a lot of people will consider discounting it's it's not doing any harm it's speeding up that sale exactly what you were saying there it's just a way of making sure that um I'm selling the quantities that I want to sell at at a price that I want to sell at even if it is slightly less but it still means that I'm making the sales so I think that there's a whole dollop of confidence that comes in or can come in to the process of discounting but one of the other things and I'd love to hear your reflections on this something that I've noticed with previous clients and something I've seen in the small business world more than the bigger business world is, oh, I'm just going to wait until that person is discounting next time, which then kind of decreases your value in the perception of your buyer from the start. It's difficult, isn't it? 
well, like like you said, the intention is to speed up the buying process, and actually, it's making you delay rather than just accepting the price and purchasing it. You are actually putting a hesitation in your client's mind because they think of you as a brand who will discount later, so they're going to hang back and wait, and therefore they're not seeing the true value of the product or the service because ultimately they have associated with a lower figure. And it can, you know, think back to a time, I think as sales as salespeople or small business owners, it's really, really powerful to think of yourself as a buyer. You know, we are both sides of the fence. So think back and reflect on a time that you have actually delayed a purchase because you're going to wait for a discount. And it happens a lot. So actually, when you're considering whether or not it's a good strategic move to put a discount on, think, well, it might prompt a few purchases now, but who is it going to delay in the future if they're going to hang back and wait for that lower price point? But there are lots of inadvertent effects. I'm happy to go through as many as them as you like today. Let's do it. Let's talk about a few more. What are the ones that you find are the most common potentially? I think that there's a real danger of undervaluing ourselves. When we start to discount, we start to, it can do things to us in terms of, we can start, we can start to resent that transaction. If we are not paid the worth of our time, our energy and our expertise, when it comes to it, we might start to resent that client. So if we have two clients, when we're offering the same product and service, one we discounted, one we didn't, the one we're going to give more energy to will be the one who is paying a fair price. If we in ourselves feel as if we have been undercut, we will not want to give them the same energy because I think, you know, there's a, there's an element of fairness and, and, you know, you also might not want to like make that client a repeat client because you don't want to then sell, have to justify your price and sell at a discounted rate again. Equally, following on from that, if you've given a discount to a client and then they refer you, then it snowballs again. You feel compelled and obliged really to to have the same pricing as you have agreed with your existing buyer. And it just becomes a complicated web then because then you're getting referred to people who are essentially not your ideal client because your ideal client would value your service at full price and so should you and us when we're selling the first person that we're selling to is always ourselves as a small business owner we have to fully embody and stand by our product our service our expertise and our pricing the minute you start to erode the integrity of that pricing it lets in self-doubt I think and yeah that that resentment I think that sounds quite a bit OTT, but it just can happen. If you put it into a big perspective of, you know, whether if you've got a few quality clients that you do a very similar thing for, you need fairness in your pricing. Equally, if those clients are going to speak to one another, the first, you know, they people often talk about pricing, you know, they want to, they want to validate how much they spent for your service. If one got a lower rate than the other people who originally did see the full value, that self-doubt on their side may seep in and then they will feel like it's unjust. So um, yes, it, there's a lot to think about when you're when you're thinking about discounting. Yeah, it's a very tricky path because I've experienced something 
similar in my business it's that questioning isn't it because you start to question your own pricing then you start to question whether they see the value in it and then they start to question whether there is value in it and like you said it's that repeating business and it's that ripple effect of once you've sown that seed of doubt it has a way of kind of expanding of its own accord which can be just not we don't need something else to worry about in our businesses I think that we can always find something else too I think it's really reassuring as the small business owner to have some real anchor points in your business and that your pricing can be that anchor if you have to second guess yourself and question yourself and question your pricing and and be confused yourself every time there's a transaction then that's not an efficient way to, you know, to run the business because it wastes time having to reassess and requalify the pricing each time. Whereas if you are really anchored to your pricing, you have a clear strategy, you, it might be that you have some intentional discounts down the road, which is fine. I'm quite, you know, I don't, I think intentional discounting is absolutely fine. It's the, it's the sort of the, um, the random discounting that people, you know, that somebody asks for a discount and you go like, oh, um, yes, all right, you know, or, or you know, when then trying to negotiate your pricing and you're putting put into a position of feeling like you don't quite know how to navigate that conversation. So it's easier to lower the price and actually have the confidence to to reaffirm why your service is worth the pay, paying for as originally proposed. It's a quick reaction to be to go down whereas actually holding your ground can often be the reassurance that your client needs in order to make that payment because if you change your mind on the pricing then what else are you going to change your mind and oh so it wasn't worth that full price I was just about to buy but now I won't you know would she discount it further if I asked again you know the yeah as as we've just mentioned like self-doubt can creep in quickly and in ways that you just don't expect when you're trying to be kind to your client whereas actually it's a disservice to put that question mark in their mind and you know our clients don't come to us to save money they come to us for the transformation that we're going to provide and ultimately a lot of our businesses service-based businesses and the the service offered is is totally life-changing or business changing or you know they get the return on investment in some way or another and that's what we need to believe in and sell is that we're selling the transformation not the price yeah absolutely and I think that some of the common themes that I have seen particularly doing the brand story episodes of this um of this podcast and the reflections that a lot of the business owners bring that I can see in my business journey as well is when you start out you start out undercharging, and then as you progress it's it's finding that space and taking the role of the leader whether you want to call yourself an expert or not, because I know that that can be a bit of a, a, a triggering sentence or whether you call yourself an expert or refer to yourself as an expert, but as a specialist or someone who is trained in delivering a service in a specific field in a specific way, we really do as business owners need to take on that role of being the leading part in that conversation. They're not coming to you to ask you if it's okay for them to work with you they're coming to you because they have a problem that you have a solution to so offering that solution with confidence including your pricing gives them the confidence that that you can deliver straight off the bat from that initial conversation and for me that even comes down to potentially putting your pricing on your website as well 
So you've you've committed, you've dedicated your web, your pricing is there for the world to see. If you then choose to do a discount down the road, if you then choose to offer a discount strategically, then absolutely fine. But I feel like it's that giving up that role of being the leader and the expert that they're looking to by saying, but for you, I'll do it at this price when actually why, what, what benefit is that giving to anyone? The other experience that I've had that I personally fell into the trap of is I stopped offering discounts willy nilly within my business, but I started offering extended payment plans that still gave me the same feeling of self-doubt because instead of saying I had two clients that were signing up with me at the same time for the same package for the same price, I didn't discount for either of them, but one of them paid on a three-month payment plan and one paid on a 12-month payment plan. And I could feel the difference in the way that I viewed those clients and what I thought their perception of me was based on how I had decided and how I had allowed and agreed that payment to then take place. So when it is the pricing, it's a matter of owning that space and showing up as that leader. Yeah. I think you're, you're drawing on so many topics and this is, you know, running a business and sales, selling, discounting, nothing is one dimensional. Mm -hmm. Everything is layered and everything interweaves and interlocks into the full business approach and if you're not identifying as the leader, the expert, the entrepreneur, the, the person leading that conversation, then who are you in that space? You know, our clients come to us for reassurance that we are the person to lead. And that includes leading the sale. And I've said it before because, it, and I've said it again, it's one of my, my, my what I say, quotes, whatever, is, you know, clarity and confidence attracts commitment. And that confidence has to resonate throughout your pricing in addition to just your service and the ability to deliver. Because ultimately, you cannot deliver your amazing product or your amazing service without that transaction, without that sale. So as small business owners, we need to focus on not just our expertise, but the bridge that will get us to that destination, which are ultimately our sales skills and how we talk about money, how we talk about value, how we talk about discounts, pricing, everything needs an element of clarity. And with clarity comes confidence. And with those two comes commitment from both ourselves and our clients. And it's really important that we don't just focus on price, that we do focus on that value because our clients are directed by us that we direct, we steer this shit more than we realize, really. So if we focus on price, so will our clients. If we focus on cost, so will our clients. If we focus on transformation, value, the impact that we can bring our customers, they, so will they. And we will direct their eye to the, to the true, you know, the true purpose of the conversation is, do they need what you've got to offer? And is it a fair price? And we should always be fair. You know, what we're offering should always be good value, but it's a matter of translating that value to our clients' needs and interweaving it to our solution and never providing a solution without understanding the problem. And when we start to look at discounting and pricing and getting confused, we're we're making people decide or we're encouraging people to decide whether or not to buy from us in a way that is purely financial Whereas actually it should be because we're the right fit for them and their business at this moment in time. There's more to it. It's not just a, you know, a quick decision. It shouldn't, you know, why are we trying to rush it? 
Yeah, absolutely. And there was a coach and I can't remember who it was, but something she said always stuck with me, which was if you're the right fit to work together, then of course you will. And if you're not the right fit, then of course you won't. And that for me just kind of simplified the whole thing, because exactly like you were saying, when we make it about pricing, whether that's in our own minds and that's the space that we're leading the conversation from or in our marketing or whatever else, then it will always come down to cost and you will you will find that objection of price repeated. Yes. Whereas if you're making it about the transformation, the value that you're delivering, what it is that you're bringing and why you're the right person to bring it to them in that way at that time, and they agree, then of course you're going to work together and it will be the right solution. And one of the hardest lessons I ever had to learn was letting go of the clients who weren't the right fit for me that were only focused on the finances. And it was just more, it was just so much more beneficial when I took that step, but it needs to be checked in with repeatedly. I think it's definitely a process. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, it's really liberating when you feel wholly comfortable with your position within your business and what you're, you know, not only the service that you're delivering, but how you bring that to life for your clients, which is, you know, their their buying journey, aka your sales process. And it's really important that you have a cohesive, you know, process that takes you from one step to the next, but gently and gently yet assertively. You know, you're selling with intention, but you're, you know, the focus of the sale really is the, the client. You know, is this the right thing for the client? And if you can work that out, if you know who your ideal client is if they can recognize you as their supplier, then cost shouldn't, it shouldn't come into it as often as it does. People get way more confused about it. And it's funny because I really help other people do this. And I still, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, like you, it is a process. Like we're all learning on the job here. You know, small, you're not, you don't wake up one morning and know everything about running your own business, running a small business and growing it, scaling it, developing it. There's always going to be a Uh, an icy patch of confusion every step of the way you know that's the that's the joy of it isn't it that's the fun of it that we can we can make it what we want it to be but it doesn't mean that it isn't scary and confusing and that's why you know you work with a business coach and that's why people come to me for their sales training it's important absolutely so let's talk about do you have any others there that you'd like to to raise around the adverse effects of uh, discounting yeah so just to just to say again really that we don't want our ideal client wouldn't be choosing us because we're cheap they come they we want them to choose us because we're the right choice for them and you know we can look at our competition we should be keeping an eye on our competition for one you can learn from them you can respect them you can collaborate with them your competitors should not be something to be frightened of but we shouldn't be put off and scared about what our competitors are doing with their pricing you know some people you know everybody has their place in the market and yeah we want our clients to choose us because we are the right fit not because we're the cheapest being the cheapest and when you when you discount really frequently you know our pricing speaks to our clients they look at that as a marker of what how they're going to interact with us if we change our pricing they will talk about our pricing as if something is flexible if um if we're displaying a buy one get one free type thing if we're if we're trying to win sales based on cost we will not win them on service you know, it's one or the other often. And, you know, as the business, as the strategic pricing, you know, you're making the decisions about your strategic pricing. 
you decide what works for your business and, you know, play to your strengths and your place in the market. And if discounting works for you and your business really effectively, then that's fantastic. If it doesn't and it makes you feel really confused, then pause and really, really think about why you feel like you need the discount. Why, what is driving you to believe that your product or your service isn't worth paying full price for? And if you have doubts, then so would your clients. It's amazing what kind of conveys. So yeah, to um, yeah, just just to discount with consideration would be my main main tip. Yeah, I think that that's fantastic. And something that you touched on there is something I'd like to talk a little bit more around, which is why we I'm using the collective term of we why we feel the need or when we feel compelled to discount what generally I mean in your experience what are the kind of reasons that you come across when people are like but I felt like I needed to discount for x y and z what are the common ones that you find yeah there's there's two main ones I think there's a there's a fear of not being able to close the sale without having some sort of price sweetener at the end and there's also this reluctance to really believe our true worth that's massive you know if somebody questions it you'll you, you know you start it erodes your own confidence and the moment minute that happens it happens again so you, you know oh I'm uh, oh I'm too expensive and then oh this that and the other and then that and you know all of a sudden we're feeling um you know we're questioning quite a lot of different aspects of business not just the pricing that just is the one that we can quickly sort of shake off and and equally you know navigating these conversations when people are trying to negotiate you know if negotiation is a part of your sales process that it might be that that works fine that's quite slightly different to discounting yeah it's just a matter of being really intentional and with with it and clear and when we start to feel fearful and as if we can't make the sale unless unless we give them a discount then yeah that fear crops up because you don't want to lose the sale and you start to make slips I would say you know and things then that you will regret because as I say you don't want to be in a position where you're resenting your the clients that you're not charging your full worth to because you know ultimately that gives them a worse service yes yes and also it might it just you might not be the right fit for them so by offering a discount to secure the sale with a client that isn't the right fit you're just leading you both down the path of having more of a problematic experience of delivering the service because either it's not going to be the right fit for them and it's not going to resolve the issues that they have or it's going to be a lot more work for you because you haven't fully understood what it is that they need. And then you're ending up doing more work for less money because you discounted in the first place. Yeah, because this, this is the this is the problem where you know, small business owners can be so scared of selling. There's such an urgency just to get it done, you know, just to close the sale and ask questions later. But actually what we should be doing is really enjoying our sales process and being from the beginning, focusing purely on opening that inquiry and really opening the conversation. So you cannot effectively close without opening uh, your conversations, in my opinion. And that is qualifying the inquiry and disqualifying the inquiry. We are not at the mercy of our customers here. You know, we get to decide who we want to work with as well. It's not just a one-sided conversation. And the minute you've got confidence to just calm down, you know what you need to find out. You've got time to ask these questions. There's no rush here. 
You know, yes, you want to build momentum and you need to create a timeline within your buying um, within your buying journey or your sales process. But ultimately, it's not just a conversation you're trying to get over and done with and, and make the sale. Or at least I, that's not my approach as a consultative seller. I'm not an order taker. Don't People don't come to me and like, right, I want this. Okay, tick, here you go. You know, it is a process of consultation. You know, you really have to have the sales skills to understand the problem that you're going to solve. And with that comes providing a fair price for the work. And also the whole conversation around value and fair pricing is a lot of that will be down to the perception of the buyer and the position that they're in as well. And the example I love to pull out is um, designer handbags. Like there are people out there who will spend thousands of pounds without thinking who will save up and cover these really, really expensive handbags. It's not my thing. So for me, that doesn't feel like a good value of how I want to spend my money. However, I have been known to spend nearly 200 quid on a video game. So, you know, for me, that's something that holds much more value. So when we're talking about a fair price, you need to make sure that you are marketing at the place and bringing in and able to deliver the service to those people that value the pricing level that you are offering. And the ones that particularly if you're high ticket, they don't value discounting. No, but this is why the process of, you know, the sales process always begins with defining your ideal client, because there is no point trying to sell you a £5,000 handbag then by the sounds of it. You're just not, that's not because the handbag isn't beautiful or worth it. It's because it's not worth it to you. And that's what our job as the salesperson in this relationship. And if you are a small business owner, you are a salesperson. There's no getting away from that. You can deny it, but we are working in sales. And our job, part of our job is to convey the value that we bring. Sometimes, you know, we, we all get objections like, oh, that's too expensive. It's not the right time. I don't need this. What they're they're saying is, I don't see why this would benefit me. I don't want to pay for that. It's not saying that I don't have the money because it might be that they're deciding they might be getting their kitchen refitted as well at the moment. It's it's about where they're deciding to place their money. Depends on how we can convey the value that we can bring. If it's something that they believe is worth it to them, they are going to be happy to pay it, and that is how you can quantify your value but it has to be win-win. It's good for you and it's good for the client and everybody. Both parties need to understand, you know, and be fulfilled by that relationship. And the minute the seller and the small business owner isn't happy, then it definitely erodes the service. So that's why it's um, it's to be considered when you're pondering your discounting, when you're thinking about your pricing strategy, when you're thinking about your, well, everything really just, you need to be intentional and considered. You know, there's... There's a lot to think about and it is difficult to do alone. And that's why there's support for people to to soundboard, get advice. You know, we're not bought, we're not trained at school as to how to be entrepreneurs. No, absolutely. And having worked with a sales coach a few years ago now, it literally transformed the way that I approached not just not just my pricing but the way that I looked at sales the way that I viewed my services and the way that I viewed those conversations 
And beforehand, I would have done absolutely anything I could to not have a sales conversation where I had to talk about money. I found it very uncomfortable. I was undercharging as well. So discounting on top of undercharging was very difficult. And then having that, taking the time to find the support, the right support for me with the right person to understand what sales is, which is that exchange of services that needs to be mutually beneficial. It was so much more comfortable. And now it's changed the way that I approach my business. I do have my pricing on my website. I do have set packaging. I don't offer discounts. I do offer maybe alternative options to discounting, which we'll talk a little bit about in the future. But the confidence that I have once I've set my pricing, and that is still a process, I can tell you, But once I set that pricing and I'm like, this is what I'm charging, I do feel much more confident and I don't shy away from those conversations. I find them more exciting because you get to explore whether this is the person that you're going to be spending the next weeks, months, whatever with. And that for me is far more exciting than the conversation before, which was like, oh, God, let's just talk about price, get it done. I just need them to sign up. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that mindset shift of like, what is a sales call? call? What? Why is everyone waiting? Or why do small business owners wait for a particular moment on a particular call mm-hmm. for that to be the moment that they're thinking that they're selling? Because ultimately, if you're representing your own business, you're representing your own brand, somebody asks you about your business, the sales conversation has already begun. That, you know, that process of filtering whether this conversation is going to be, whether you're talking to somebody who is a prospective client or somebody who's just interested, that's when, you know, you're always selling. Every conversation is sort of selling. You're you're trying to distinguish whether or not you can help somebody and help them recognize if they if you can help them. It's not, selling isn't just waiting, you know, something you wait for for the end of a particular conversation, like an awful cliff edge, you know, it's interwoven to the fabric of your conversations. And that's why to be really effortless with your selling requires a, a huge amount of effort to learn how to do it, you know, because it's to sell well, it's a skill to hold your own and to have confidence in your pricing is a confidence that you build on. You know, you don't, everybody's, you know, everybody feels uncomfortable with, with everything at points, but we just, build on our confidence and our business confidence, our selling confidence and our pricing confidence to make a solid foundation to the business. And um, it's really important that we take the time to to reflect on it and to really identify with our strengths and what it is that we really provide with our clients. Because if we can recognise our own worth and our value, we don't feel so uncomfortable with that transaction. And I definitely think that sales sales and pricing conversations and things like that is it is something that needs to be revisited because as our businesses grow and our and develop and as we as business owners grow and develop our businesses will never look the same kind of three months apart so we are continually needing to reflect back on those pricing and have those conversations which is why like sales coaches trainers understanding the sales process is something that I have found so invaluable and when I was in the corporate world it was always like sales they're just like the men in suits that go out on the road You don't quite know what they're up to most of the time. And the perception that I had was very typical. Whereas now it's like, oh, okay. So yeah, that's fine. That might've worked for the company. Still not convinced, but it might've worked Mm -hmm. for the company. 
but the way that I want to do it and the way that feels right for me is going to be very different. I think that is just so brilliant. Like the word sales and selling salesperson, these are really loaded words and pretty loaded with negativity, actually. For me, I think the the term salesperson, it needs a rebrand. Because if you're representing your own wonderful business and you're changing your clients' lives, like how is that possibly negative? It's such a wonderful thing. If you can forge meaningful, lasting, fruitful business connections that convert, then it's good for you. It's good for your business. And ultimately, it is good for our clients. Our clients will never benefit from our wonderful services if we can't sell to them. You know, I've actually been deeply frustrated by people who won't sell to me. You know, I think one of my I think it's quite enjoyable really now as a small business owner and someone who's been in sales a long, long time is to to see others, you know, and to and see how I enjoy being sold to and what frustrates me about when (laughs) when people won't sell it to me. Like sometimes I really wanted that, but they never followed up. So on principle, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to be the chaser here, you know, like, because for me, I like to be handheld and I like to be sold to, sold to well, not pushed, just, you know, I like to understand what's on offer and to be able to make a decision without, for me to feel like there's an emotion at all from the salesperson, you know, that's why you need to take your ego out of it and just just not worry about what people think, what people are saying. If you're true to yourself and there is a, a belief in your pricing and the value you can bring, then ultimately that's what people are buying into. So don't deny them that joy by not selling to them. That's a really wonderfully positive way of looking at it. And yeah, I love that. I love that approach to it. So bringing it back around to discounting, we've talked a lot around kind of the dangers of it. And we've talked around some of the common reasons that we feel compelled to offer discounts. But what would be an example of a space where discounting is a good choice? Mm. So, yeah, I'll, I'll answer that. But also, I, was, I thought you were going to ask about value stacking. Whereas oh, yeah, what, ra- rather than rather than taking away from our offer in terms of, you know, oh, we need to strip something out, i.e. the price. And therefore that will compromise the integrity or the quality of the product or service. There's just no way it can't really unless well whatever unless it's very considered but a value stack goes the other way so rather than discounting that you make your offer so compelling that it's difficult to to say no to so you've got the original thing that they've come to they've cut they've come for sales training and they're going to get sales training but in addition they might get they might join a com- my community they might join I can only think of myself as an example so sorry about that if it's an example you know my, <laughs> I'll talk about my own value stack so you know when they join my program of course they get the sales training that's why they came for it but they also get the community the entrepreneurial community which is going to support them embed that training into their businesses and implement and keep accountable to the to the training that's quite a difficult you can't put a price on community and support like that in addition there's bonuses that I put into my program so they can learn from others equally new members who I feel have got something to share I invite them to share my audience so if they want to come on board and present something they have something that will be of tangible use to the community then they're also getting to represent their brand so that's the value stack. So you're, it's a way of giving your clients more than they expected 
Um, sometimes you can put a figure to the stack. So, oh, get my ebook worth £7.99. Get my already launched e-course for worth £500 for free. It costs you nothing. It should cost you nothing extra as the, as the seller. So if I was saying, oh, I'll give you a one-to-one for everything, that's a lot of extra hours for me. So a value stack has to be win-win. It doesn't, it, I'm not giving my time or expertise away. I'm just giving them stuff that I've already created that is free, is free for me to give and high impact for them to receive. And it pads out the value of your offering really positively. And I would say that is the flip of discounting. Rather than taking away, you're adding in additions additions that will truly complement the offer that you're you're making and cost you nothing you know as i've said but you're you originally asked why why somebody would would discount yes so it might be that you have an introductionary offer to a new product you know it might be that you are doing something totally new and therefore you need case studies now you need you know you need to get off the ground and you need case studies you could almost need sort of guinea pigs to help you and they know it's a cheaper version because it's not a fully polished program it might be that and you want as many new clients as possible you might it might be that you're building your you know proactively building your reputation so you've not got a reputation you're using your testimonials and your um social proof later can allow you to up your pricing when you're starting out, you don't have those those testimonials. So by the very definition, your pricing can't be justified in the same way as an established competitor. Those are examples, both of which that I've used for my businesses. It might be that you truly do have a discount. It might be that you, if you've got a product and you've got loads of spaces and you've got a flash sale and it's a one-time only, then you know it's absolutely fine to have strategic discounting. It's sort of case by case, though, and it depends on what the purpose is behind it. You know, think, what is the reason that you want to put the discount on? Is it because you don't feel comfortable with the pricing or is there an urgency to it or you're trying to create urgency? Yeah, I think it's coming back to that conversation we were having earlier where it's about being the leader of the conversation So if you can confidently offer a discount, because as a leader, this feels like the right solution for both of you, both you and the person that is potentially going to convert to being a buyer, then that makes sense. But for me, a lot of it comes down to making sure that you still maintain control, like intentional control of the situation, rather than panicking and feeling flustered and going, oh, well, yeah, I know so-and-so offers it at that price. So you know what for you, I'll do it at X, Y, and Z. It's mm. like exactly what you said. It It's the purpose, it's the intention. And I think it's being considered that, okay, so what are the implications of offering the discount? Is this still mutually beneficial to both of us? And exactly like you said, it's almost like the reverse of the value stacking where it's like, okay, you can get a discount, but what I want to do in exchange for that would be um, have a video testimonial and case study right so that we can get this out there so again it's still mutually beneficial it's just that you're shifting the value balance from pricing to deliverables slightly yeah but then again like you just said it yourself you're shifting the eye from the price again back to value yeah and that is actually what we should always be doing but it is tempting to you know when you're like, oh my God, I've got something to sell and no one's buying it for the first thing for you to consider doing is to discount. But actually there's so much more that you can do 
and hold true to your pricing, but figure out the rest. It might be that you're talking to the wrong people. It might be that your audience is just not resonating with your message. It might be that you haven't got real clarity as to actually what you're selling. And this comes up a lot. You know, actually people are saying, oh, I do. So for your podcasting business, it might be that you know, you, you, there's a temptation to be like, and then I'll edit all your videos and then I'll do this and then I'll do that. But actually that's not what you're selling, you know, to distill the true essence of what you're selling. So you can be like, I make podcasting easy for entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. you know, ah, thank God for that. You know, as an entrepreneur, that's what I want. I want simplicity, but I don't really care how it comes about. You know, like my, my garage is currently being converted into a gym last day today very excited but when he came when the builder came he wasn't like right and then I'm going to get the plaster and then I'm going to lay the floor then I'm going to pick your light bulbs he was like what do you want this garage to look like and I told him I want it looking like a gym and he was like let's make it happen you know although he didn't say exactly like that that's what I felt like he was going to be able to make my dreams realized or my vision realized not that I was just getting you know four days of plastering and whatever yeah it's it's irrelevant to the buyer yes I want to know that later but not immediately so when we think when there's a temptation to discount think actually pause why am I not getting enough inquiries that I can sell at full price and then tidy up all that area yeah yeah and exactly (laughs) that there's so many other things that there are so many other situations and complications and you don't know what's going on with the other person as well and one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn in business was to drop my expectations and assumptions and my sales coach she was fantastic and it's again it's something that's always stuck with me is that it is absolutely none of your business whether your client has the money there and then to afford you or not that is not what you're there for that is not for you to assume if you go into that conversation going I don't think they're going to commit to buy because I think this is too expensive those assumptions that you're making are already putting you at a disadvantage whereas their financial situation is none of your concern unless it is going to be detrimental to them or you're encouraging them in a detrimental way not talking about that in particular but on the basis of you have a service to offer you are confident in your pricing it is none of your business how they afford that pricing (laughs) no and it's interesting isn't it because actually you hear all of your internal objections on the behalf of your clients way before you hear theirs and it's not that's not a really polite thing to do it's like, you know, we're putting words in our client's mouth, whereas actually our job is purely to understand what they need and to provide a solution if that's what we can do and to never stray either. You know, if something is beyond what you want to do or can do well, then redefine what it is that you sell and stick stick to what you're good at. <laughs> Unless you're trying to develop, obviously it's good to pivot, it's good to, to learn and, and do new things, but to be sort of you know, go off on a tangent and do something that is going to ultimately harm your reputation if you can't do it to the to the level that is expected, then you need to do what you do well, define what you sell and you sell it to the right person at the right price. And if you can if you can get those three core units sorted, then it puts you in a really strong position to, yeah, just feel anchored in your pricing and that you're not feeling too you don't we don't need to be apologetic for our pricing. There's no shame in our pricing, you know. No, not at all. We're we're literally in business to make money. Yeah, and yeah, and it just so happens that if we can focus on our clients, if we can focus on their results, the sales will follow. So it's win-win. It's it, it's so enjoyable. 
like to form these fantastic relationships and to not feel as if we've been undercut, that we feel like we weren't worth it, that we feel like we have to discount, you know, it's just noise. It's just, whereas it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that. If you can feel, feel firm footed in your, in your pricing and avoid the discounting talk and, and challenging your, you know, tackling your pricing objections from the beginning. And this is a different conversation, so I won't open that, that <laughs> Pandora's box right now, but yeah, how you approach your pricing is important and it really resonates with our ideal clients or prospective clients ideal or not (laughs) yeah absolutely and I think just the last bit on that is the one of the common things I come across with my clients in particular is just well I'm worried about charging that much because I'm worried that I'm outpricing a lot of the market and I find it like when you actually look at the numbers there are hundreds of thousands of businesses that are started each year probably a lot more than that and if you can even think that you can service even one percent of that like that's still huge amounts of work it's probably there too are, much you exactly know. there are so many opportunities out there it's just speaking to the right people and and yeah and there's so today I've been putting the finishing touches to um one of my training chapters and it's about the sales funnel and the sales process and thinking of it as a proactive filtering system for both for both us and the client it's not that we're not trying to convert every person in our audience you know it's selling the right thing to the right person at the right time and we shouldn't be trying to force people's hands to making decisions when they're not ready to with discounting if it's not the right thing so as long as it's considered I think discounting is fine if it's unintentional and makes you f- makes you feel as if it's not quite right then it probably isn't cool I think the last thing that I want to ask about before we wrap up with your advice for the episode is when it comes to those inevitable conversations because there will always be one where someone's like oh well can you knock a bit off or do you have a cheaper price how would you recommend that people handle those conversations when an a discount is being actively asked for so before you can answer that question you need to know the answer yourself this isn't a question that we should just be like oh my god I hope they don't ask me that because I'm never gonna gonna know what to say it's about preempting your objections what do you think could be a roadblock what do you think is gonna stumble you're gonna trip over and get yourself some answers that you can confidently say in a way that that suits your brand and selling style. So if somebody asks that and then somebody else asks that and somebody else that asks that, that's not an unforeseen, unexpected question, is it? So we can't be derailed by the unexpected if we see it coming. So decide on what you want to say. Like we're, as I've said during this chat, we lead the process. So if that comes up, we need to know what we're going to say. So don't. my advice is don't wait until it comes. Proactively think of the objections that are going to come your way. You know, arm yourself with some responses that are going to help you move that conversation forward. But ultimately, I would really be thinking that any time that a pricing objection comes is usually because somebody doesn't understand the true value of, of it. So I would go back to basics and, and re-qualify what it is that they actually want. You know, is this worth it to you? You know, or it could just be just a simple no. It can be as simple as that, you know, just yeah. like, no, I don't, I don't tend to, I don't usually discount, you know. Brilliant. Yeah. You absolutely. don't, you don't have to make it complicated. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to justify it or, you know, 
or you can, you know, either it can be a very short answer or it can be like, actually, the reason I've come to this is because I want to give myself an additional couple of hours so I can do this research for that. So if they need to, if you need to explain it, explain it, but do have your own policies in the back of your mind before you get asked questions that are going to derail you. If you know that they're going to derail you, just prepare. Absolutely. I guess it's the same as knowing how you're going to be talking about your service and the and the solution that you're offering to them. You just include that in your planning phase. And exactly. But all of this is sounds so much, you know, it sounds so easy. Just do that and it'll be just fine. Do this. But, you know, all of this is learnt. You know, these conversation styles and how to hold these conversations, it's all learnt and how to shift your mindset and how to think positively about selling it's it's a learned skill so you know it's um maybe when these are coming up for for you just to stop and think you know why is this worrying me or what what do I you know what do you think yourself you don't you know before going to an expert ask yourself what you what you think and um and what's comfortable for you in your business and what do you want to do yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah brilliant thank you so so much Envis so I love to end each episode with a bit of advice from you and I know that it's a broad question we've covered a lot today and pricing is something that I'm sure that we could do an entire podcast on on our own um but everything that we've discussed today when it comes in specifically to discounting and the dangers therein what would be the one key piece of advice you'd like to share with the listeners today I think that Used with consideration, discounting can be really powerful when it's willy nilly and and sort of uh, without our full authority behind it. I think it can really erode confidence for both ourselves internally and our prospective clients. So just to be intentional about your discounting and not to think of it as just the go to. Right, I need to make some sales. Right, I need to lower my price. That's not necessarily. That's quite a knee jerk reaction. I would say if you need to make more sales, then think about how you're going to build your audience how you're going to refine your message how you're going to distill what you're what you're selling who is it for is this the right time and then to actually proactively work on your sales skills it's not people don't buy from you because of a discount you know long term that does not foster brand loyalty that just fosters a real quick transaction and in business for longevity and fulfillment we really need lasting fruitful business relationships so that's what we need to foster and that requires skill. So I would say invest in your sales skills, frankly, and I, but I am biased. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's fine. So where can the listeners find more of you online? <laughs> uh, nicely put. Um, so I always have the same call to action. And I suggest that every small business owner does the same. And mine is to invite everyone into my free community on Facebook, which is called The Business Lounge. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of small business owners. They're all looking to elevate their sales. And then they get a chance to feel what I'm like as a sales trainer. You know, I don't want people to choose me because I'm the only sales trainer they've ever heard of or because I'm the cheapest. I want people to choose to work with me because I'm going to be the right fit for them and their brand. And I typically work with really vibrant, ambitious business owners who are a joy to work with and implement the sales training and if you come to the business lounge, you get a feel for what I'm like. And then I've, I'm always promoting my, my paid services in there as well. So if people want to work with me, they can look at that. So you can move from the brand lounge over to the business lounge and have a chat with you over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for joining me today, Envis. I feel like this has been such an invaluable conversation and one I know that past me could definitely have done with listening to. So 
I hope that there are listeners out there who have also found value in this today. And listeners, be sure to come back on Thursday when Envis will be sharing her business journey so far in her brand story episode. So until then, I would love to know what you think about this episode. I'd love to know how you feel about discounting and whether this has made you think about it in a different way. So come and join the conversations in our community over on Instagram. As always, all of the links are in the show notes for both me and Envis. Thank you so much for your conversation today and your wisdom. And we will see you in the Brand Lounge.